Hello and welcome to the Ether. Today is Sunday, September 11th, 2022. Today on the Ether, the Y Foundry DAO hosting a chat on organic community growth and engagement. Let's take a listen. Yep, 2022, and we still can't use spaces on desktop. So, <laughs> yeah, I know, that's ridiculous. Somebody go kick Twitter in the nuts. Yeah. Who's the new owner now? Is it? Is it officially to the sale go through? I didn't see the news. Is Twitter? No, like, I, don't, uh, I don't know. I've been no? busy with other things. <laughs> Somebody in the audience hit us up if you know whether Twitter is now a subsidiary of Tesla, which I, I have no idea about. But uh, if it is, you know, someone phone Elon Musk and be like, hey, can you put Twitter spaces on desktop? Because we, this is literally like the ninth month of 2022. We need Twitter spaces on desktop yeah absolutely i prefer to do that stuff on desktop yeah. hey hey james i think ray uh says it's cool if we start yeah yeah grant are you you on there ready to go yeah i'm all set awesome all right so welcome everybody i just wanted to get we want to start doing some more um pretty informal spaces but just we've been riffing on quite a few different topics lately as we get closer to launch with YFD. And some of these are very pertinent to some of the stuff we're building. Um, definitely wanted to get the community's feedback on some stuff, but some of the conversations we've been having just tend to devolve into maybe some armchair philosophy about crypto itself and the direction of where things are headed. And thought it'd be useful just to get some spaces going and have some public discourse about some of this stuff because I'm generally interested to hear what people have to say. So um, yeah, that's really it. The topic today is organic community growth and engagement, but uh, you know, very pertinent to what we're doing right now, um, being very close to launch um, on Terra 2. But um, yeah, I mean, we can, the conversation can go wherever the conversation wants to go is kind of the thought. So we're still waiting on Ray to get in, but he'll be in in a little bit, so. Yes, yeah, sir. Uh, I think, you know, uh, treating this as kind of a less formal space. And in fact, you know, Twitter spaces kind of are meant to be like that, in, in, in my view. Uh, joining DeFi or crypto back in like 2021, you see a lot of Twitter spaces uh, that are just like very organic. And it's just literally kind of feels like a public space where people gather around and just talk about current events. Like, uh, I think very memorable for me was uh, the day when, I think the open sea sort of like incident with uh, Nate and like, you know, front running NFTs on the front page. And then like uh, that whole thing blew up when someone was like posting transactions. And then there was a Twitter space that came up right after that. And then people just started joining. And then it was basically like a circle of like, you know, random folks from the Web3 space gathering around the fire and, you know, talking transparently about 
what's happening. And I feel like that's that's kind of central to what Web3 feels like for me. I'm not saying that's what Web3 is, but that's what it feels like uh, as a user, as someone who really wants Web3 to succeed. Like, uh, you know, it's because it feels a lot more like a community. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think the the narrative may be a little bit more powerful than the reality in some cases, but I, I'm really hoping, you know, we're working towards that for sure with the stuff that we're building, but hoping that we are, you know, aligning with that narrative and getting closer and closer to bringing that to reality. So had some great experiences with spaces as well. I think one of the things I miss most, and I wish Twitter would bring this back, is they used to have that little thing at the top where it would show you spaces that uh, people that you're uh, engaged with, what spaces they were in. So I, I think it allowed for a much more dynamic finding of, of spaces where I think now it's it's a little bit harder to, to get access to stuff. And I know that with that, when that feature was enabled, there were there were big spaces that grew out really organically. Like there was there was one that I, I think is very notable for me. There's this guy that does some kind of stock stuff and they were in there in a space and stuff in Ukraine had just interactively started while they were in a space. And so they started talking about it. And then people jumped in that said, hey, I'm here. I'm in a bunker and like there's a bomb that just hit my building or whatever. And, and like these things were happening in real time. And it was this incredibly powerful reporting thing that happened so yeah the spaces and the community aspects of being in spaces i i think it's really powerful and i i hope that uh you know twitter continues to build this out because i think uh you know the whole idea of doing clubhouse slash organic growth uh you know spaces for people to have discourse it's a, it's a pretty powerful idea absolutely uh straight up there grand i'm fully agreeing with you uh, I think one of the things that I kind of saw uh, grow, at least like getting into like when Facebook became the default social media platform is that like with Facebook groups and the kind of like interest alignment that they were doing and then you get everyone just kind of like in their silos, right? And I feel like Twitter space is kind of like the opposite of that is that you have an opportunity to randomly join a circle of strangers and, you know, uh, maybe even diversify your viewpoint a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, it's very interesting you said that. Um grant about I, I think there's a lot of things where you put out a really useful utility and then i'm sure that that whole you know the scenario like it being used as kind of a real-time reporting and being able to have people sync together for news real time i mean that wasn't something that was the primary intention or even like thought about as far as you know where it would organically go um it's super interesting you know putting out some of these like core utilities and then seeing how how it adapts and the community takes it and runs with it yeah uh say crash you know what i'm just kind of curious i guess like what was the do you remember what was the first twitter space or like what was the subject matter that, that they were talking about when you first joined like or, or how was the experience like and i'm just curious like do you remember oh i mean one of the first ones was with DeFi desk honestly um some of the spaces that we we ran around uh, crypto and kind of the mental health aspects of it um but i i joined i found it just to find kind of just emergent news you know because you're in twitter to keep up to speed on all the crypto stuff and then someone will throw up a space and just be talking about something interesting so and that's that's kind of for a while i spent quite a bit of time doing that i don't spend as much time um, you know, joining random spaces as I did when I started, but super useful as a new 
a new person to crypto, especially Terra. Um, There's a lot of spaces at the time talking about new new things and proposals and strategies and all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Nice that, you know, bringing back DeFi. Those are good memories. Uh, and I'm just sending some invites here into the audience. Uh, I see some people I know who I also know as like phenomenal thinkers in the community space, uh, you know, found a way definitely one of the, you know, the first person that we've invited to speak in DeFi desk. And I yeah. think, you know, I, I watch back that session every time that I can on YouTube. Uh, one of the, and I'd love to see more of that content, honestly, I'm sure he's doing something really, really cool now. Uh, but yeah, if you, if you can make your way up, I guess, but you know, if you, if you can, it's fine too. Uh, good to see you here though. He will find the way. I mean, it's his name. <laughs> yeah. And uh, another person here I see in the audience, uh, Kurina. A uh, good friend of mine, uh, also, you know, someone I've seen grow very, very quickly in this space, uh, mostly championing, you know, uh, uh, sort of like, aut- aut- uh, I think autism and uh, neurodivergent kind of, uh, you know, causes. And I think, you know, they have some really good insight as well. Uh, they they are more hardcore than me, I would say, because like when I was, I remember I was starting out, it's like, yeah, 3 a.m., you know, listening on a space or, or, or having lunch, listening on a space. But like now these days I'm like straight up, I feel old. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not even listening to most of the spaces, but uh, you know, they're, they're still uh, on all the time. Tell me what's happening. And I'm always really, really interested to see like what's going on in the community. And I feel like uh, that's the thing about like people say crypto, you know, moves fast. But it's not just because like, okay, there's 100,000 different products trying to launch at the same time. But it's also because the people there are so innovative and, and there's no rules. So everyone's like really just creating their own kind of like uh, story. And, and that's why you have these really, really quickly evolving uh, sort of communities and, and storytelling. And I really love that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I'm interested in something I've, I've been thinking about, especially as we grow our community, bring in different sorts of people like... Um, I've seen a lot of projects that will almost have the like just the web two mentality of just like pump a bunch of money or, or maybe you know into into sort of advertising or maybe it's even just like engagement farming sort of stuff. It's like it, how do you balance that? Like what sort of those activities are actually conducive to building a real community and what sort of activities there bring in people that you know, may not be the best fit for your community, like long-term thinking, maybe they're just in it for a quick buck or just kind of like tourists, um, you know, especially with YFD and we're building this community of builders and we're obviously going to have tons of people that will use the products too. But um, at this stage, you know, because we're getting prepared to do some of this ourselves. So I'm genuinely interested, you know, how much of, how much of this was kind of flash in the pan and maybe is, it's right. It's time to move on to the next phase of, you know, all the NFT projects, like invite five friends and you get a specialized role. And then with that specialized role, you can do something else to get a token or a whitelist or something like that. Like, uh, is there a place for some of that and which of those activities are valuable or is it time to just move on and focus on, you know, other things? Well, so, uh, yeah, go, go ahead, Ray. I was just going to say, I think, hey, everybody, I'm Ray, but uh, I think something that changes our perspective or the way that we're approaching a lot of this 
is that I think in traditional Web3, we can call it traditional Web3 now, right? Like the, the retail is the customer. The retail is the customer, you know, and, and with what we're doing, the builders are the customer. So I think that's something different from our aspect um, that doesn't really apply to a lot of other projects that are launching. Amen to that. Yeah, uh, I just want to say, like, uh, this is this is not a new problem that sort of we're tackling, trying to balance, like, you know, uh, incentives that get people to the door and, like, actually building a, a community of people who are not just there for the incentive. Uh, and, you know, just my, my brain is kind of, like, bringing me back to uh, college uh, where it's kind of like, you know, you remember club night or whatever where everyone's trying to pitch their, their own different club trying to get you to come to their events you know they're, they're gonna be like oh you know there's food there's there's drinks there's whatever uh they're giving out vouchers or goodie bags whatever and and uh yeah there's gonna be a ton of people who just go there for the benefit and then never see you again uh but yeah in a sense that's also kind of the way that you get someone to be there and sometimes being there is all you need to to get someone to discover that oh hey you know this is a thing that they are interested in uh so it's kind of it really is a mix of both uh, you know i have to say uh definitely i'm not anywhere close to being an expert on this and i would love to hear from someone with way like any any kind of like experience doing this full time uh but yeah i think as far as i can tell it's it really you really need both uh yeah, both sides of things. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, it's just like you're you're constantly working within the con- constraints of the system that we have, and you know, you want to get eyeballs on your project. You have to cast kind of a broader net. It can't be a surgical to specific sort of people. In most cases, you know, you're working with the algorithms of some of these systems, and you've got to do things to get you know just get it out there. You know, so I, I mean, I understand why projects will just dump money into ads and there's just a percentage of those that actually convert to the sort of people that you actually want but i think it's can be really dangerous especially for crypto projects because you know you've got you know the tokenomics aspect of it you've got you know like like kind of hyperinflation initially that can you know just be dumped on your your core community ends up suffering way more for some of those, if it's you know artificially inflated up front, as opposed to maybe a more slow grind of bringing in people that you actually, you know, are going to be there for the long haul. But yeah, definitely. A- any thoughts from anyone who's joined this space? Because as a, I know my thoughts as a user of some of these products, and you know, after seeing it play over quite a few times, um. I mean, it's almost a branding sort of thing, too. When you see a project, a new project, use some of these tactics. It's like, oh, well, here we go again. No, absolutely. Uh, I think Ray, can, Ray, Ray and myself can tell you <laughs> all the kind of dodgy shit that we've seen uh, with, you know, incentives and things like that. Uh, personally, I think uh, just stay away from anything that, that reminds you of a casino. That's kind of what my gut uh, my rule of thumb is if it looks too much like a casino like i'm, I'm gonna just like stay away uh but uh in terms of like community engagement i've also i also remember a, a period of time maybe some og terrans terra people remember as well like when nfts first launched on terra and it was literally i think uh seven to 14 days of just 
nonstop every day there's a new project every day there's a new whitelist everyone's farming the whitelist that's a new discord I, I literally have friends who are just like uh sharing the links back and forth like the referral links like 24 7 they did not sleep and they just like minted everything and i mean they made a bunch of money sure but for me i after the first two or three i'm just like you know what this this is killing me <laughs> i i can't just keep doing this and like trying to game all the incentives and i just like went to sleep and i felt way better <laughs> and uh, some days it'd be like that yeah me too i was in the same position i did it a little bit got involved with some projects the whitelist and all that but i was just like i can't keep up with all this stuff and it's like how much of that's so just like activity for activity's sake like is that actually like is that actually helping anything you know i mean yeah, yeah. It would bring in a few new people to your project um especially when you move out of nfts where it's very focused on a collection launch and you're moving more to something that should have some longevity right so we're, yeah. we're looking to we'd like to do you know bounties and a lot of those will be builder focused of course you know what's useful things to build but i think there's a place for some of those that there's other activities that could help the protocol in a real way what do those look like what are those designed like something i'm thinking about do we even know what the longevity of an nft project is at this point i mean i think it's hard to tell because we're like what is the long what what is the benchmark right because they literally started like last last year or a few years ago it's like i remember when, uh, when we were in ethereum there was like what 10 nft projects 15 <laughs> on open sea and now I, I was trying to i was like oh i should get yeah. an nft but then i look at it and i like i hate all of these i'm sorry but i don't like all of these and and that's all it's just like one page on open sea so now we, we definitely have a lot more choice now. Uh, but again, like it's much harder to tell what is the longevity. And actually, that's a good thought, line of thought, which is that I think uh, in in the fact that we are doing this in Web3, and in fact, that it keeps coming up in Web3, uh, we are actually basically using this opportunity as, I guess, as a society or whatever you want to call this, uh, to figure out and redefine like what incentives should be, what the language of, you know, uh, a, a business owner or a project owner or even just a person with an idea what is the language of one of the terms of them trying to get people on board onto that idea uh we're really kind of experimenting with all these different kind of token incentives and whitelisting and uh whatever stuff that people are doing it's you know it's it's a great experiment it's just i hope someone's taking notes <laughs> and doing some like proper research because i think that's needed too yeah, I mean, we you hear so much about NFTs with utility, and then it's just like, okay, well, is that getting away from the value of the art for art's sake? That's an argument that I've heard. But I, I mean, I think NFTs as a concept are much bigger than what they're being used for now, right? I mean, of course, and we're exploring one side of that with what we're using them for with YFD. But um, the I mean, it's almost like saying that a web page is a digital flyer, you know, like a web page ended up evolving. Yeah, it's like, sure. Yeah. When I first started, it was pretty much just your company would have like a digital flyer and their information on there. But now think of what a web page is. I mean, there are apps that can do anything. So like NFTs are kind of the same concept. And even more so than that, we can try to extrapolate the future, especially when you're thinking of like, the composable nature of it but there's no 
telling where they'll evolve to and what they'll actually be used for. Well, I think to that point, we should say that the web page hasn't really changed. It's the backend technology that the web page can interconnect with that's actually changed. And the NFTs may be the same way with the standard. It's just going to be a token with a JPEG attached to it. But the utility that that represents on other platforms, like connecting it to Discord for roles and permissions and, and other services is where the advancement comes. But the but in terms of a web page, I mean, it's it's almost the same thing. It's the technology that has connected to it that's really changed. Yep. Spoken like the true uh, CTO there. You take my my light front end perspective, like as a user and it's <laughs> like, well, actually, you are incorrect, but that's good. No, I mean, you're correct, but it, it's more nuanced than that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to speak for the layman here, but I thank you. It, it's good to be correct. I hope you guys don't mind. I, I, got, I saw a request to speak. Uh, I've got a Deeps DeFi up here. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself, uh, Deeps? Hey, yeah. Uh, th- thanks for inviting me up. Um, so yeah, I guess a little bit of background. I was just going to ask some questions, but but I can I can do a little background. So I um, you know, I was a user on Terra Classic. Uh, been in the crypto ecosystem for a while. Obviously, suffered through the crash. Um, you know, some dark days back then. Putting those behind us, but um. It was kind of an opportunity for me. So I, I saw a lot of people exiting the space. Um, I saw a lot of influencers kind of exiting the space. And I took it as an opportunity to be like, hey, like there's a lot of people out here like myself that want information about what's happening with Terra V2, what's happening on other projects around Cosmos. Um, and so I, I kind of entered the space then and decided to make educational content. Um, and I do a Terra weekly update. I just featured you guys. Um, on the most recent one, the weekly update number nine. And um, yeah, I saw the space. So I was like, I'm going to jump in and, and um, <laughs> ask some questions, kind of engage with you guys here. Oh, yeah, sweet. Yeah, I think I remember uh, you tagging us in that. Thanks, man. Uh, good to have you here. Yeah, no, thanks. Um, really cool what you guys are doing. And I, I guess to keep it on the topic of like organic yeah, community growth and engagement, um, <laughs> it was funny. Cause I went to go see the article and it got taken down. So I'm thinking maybe, maybe I, I spoke a little bit too much in my tweet about it. I, I was reading about the YFD tokenomics and there was something in there about, um, essentially, uh, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was, but you would get something similar to what it reminded me of with prism protocol, like amps for if you were, uh, essentially staking your YFD token. Um, and it made me think about like something that I feel like people really undersell or don't think about enough is like that user interface and user experience. So like, um, I, I remember back and I remember my friends would talk about this all the time too. Like people would always go to prism, like every day, go onto that website. And it was just to click that little button either to refract or to restake your amps because it was really cool. And it would like, you know, (laughs) throw up some confetti or you would see the really cool refraction animation splitting you into your yield and um, principal assets. And I just think about it. It's like, yeah, people, a lot of people in this space come for the, the DGEN opportunities. Uh, but I also think a, a great way to kind of just like get people to come back to your website is to have a really great interface and have um, some sort of experience there where if, 
even if it's like a click of a button, uh, it kind of generates that excitement. So when I saw that you guys were doing something with vaults and I read about that in the tokenomics paper, I was kind of like, oh, this is cool. They may be doing something similar to Prism. Uh, so that was just one of the things, one of the thoughts I had in my head. Yes, yeah, sir. Uh, so yeah, thank you for the, the great question. We, I think that's a great place to start. To start. And uh, yeah, uh, so first off, I think that's great. That's a, that's, that's fucking brilliant. Uh, excuse my French. And I uh, would love to have you kind of in our community Discord. We're, we're doing kind of like community uh, front-end development as well. We kind of like have a uh, UI UX crucible. So I think you'd be perfect to, to kind of share that idea there. And of course, like, you know, uh, I'll share it there too if you can make it. I can love yeah. the articles. Yeah, yeah you're, I guess you stumbled onto like the alpha, which <laughs> we're trying to. Hey, uh, sorry, can everyone hear me? Is my audio okay? Yeah. Yeah, All it right. cut out for a minute there, but it seems to be. All right. All right. So, uh, yeah, with the articles, actually, I think you stumbled onto some alpha, which is that like we're trying to get our pre launch announcement up. And, uh, you know, because we're updating some of the stuff, so we wanted to remove the old stuff. Uh, and then, you know, we're just kind of waiting on one guy to give us a read <laughs> on this thing. Uh, like one last look before we publish. But we, we are going shout to... Shout out to Abe, who is not here. Yeah, shout out to get Get your fucking ass out of bed, man. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we have, you know, a bunch of feature sets and stuff, like very exciting stuff, including stuff about the token and, and how you can use it with faults. And, you know, I don't want to say too much, but I can, I, I can say, like, this is the most excited I have been for anything that I've been doing this year. And I'm, I think the same can be said for Ray and Crash uh, and even Grant as well, our uh, developer developer partner representing your last uh we are very excited for for you guys to know more about this and uh the article will come up real soon i'm hope, hoping the next few days um and yeah uh yeah great question definitely to jump on the excitement level i mean bringing an nft project out into the world that's beyond just uh you know an image not not that there's anything wrong with uh you know, art-based NFTs, it's certainly an exciting space to be in with provenance and all kinds of stuff that people are starting to skate into with, like, really interesting use cases around, you know, art and fine art uh, NFT projects. But to bring something that, like, is NFT utility that's beyond ticketing, you know, this is, this is uh, you know, pretty novel. I mean, I've heard people talk about it, but we're, you know, on the cusp of bringing this into uh, the world and, and having everybody have a chance to really try uh, NFTs that, that go well beyond anything I think a lot of other projects have envisioned, or they may have envisioned it, but they're not as close as we are to sort of getting it out the door. So it's pretty, pretty exciting to have that be launching. Oh, I'm sorry. Am I missing anything? I didn't, I didn't really know anything about the NFT side to this. So I, I would love to hear more. It's all super alpha, man. We can't release it. We're going to have to take Grant to the back room now. <laughs> oh, Come on, God. I'm barely alluding to it. I'm barely alluding to it. It's a what intern. No, I'm just totally kidding. joking. Well, we can talk a little bit about it if people want to leak. Yeah, yeah. I love leaks. Okay, uh, what, Ray, you want to talk about or who's, who's going to? Um, yeah, so essentially, like, what if you, what if your participation in something that rewarded you uh, for your contribution to the community equated to some sort of measure of the compensation you would receive. And you were free to use that 
representation of your effort to uh, either profit for yourself or create derivatives that uh, other people could utilize. How's that for a very vague uh, explanation of it? Yeah, no, that, that that sounds really interesting. I was wondering if there was going to be something like Darwin SDK based because we all like heard the the leaks of like evolutionary NFTs. But I'm starting to wonder if some of this stuff was also stuff that I read in that paper. <laughs> um, it was not. It um, okay, so some of that was just old stuff. Yeah, but I think um, I mean we're we are our pre-launch announcement will kind of set the stage for when we're going to deploy this uh, technology on mainnet Terra 2. Um, we've already been testing it on, on testnet Terra. So if you scour around, you may see, you know, crumbs of what's, what's we've been working on and what's going on. All right. Sounds great. I'll, I'll do some more scouring. Yeah, no, I'm excited for that. I, I, I know we're kind of speaking in cryptic terms, but again, like I think anything that, that brings you back to a website or a page um, and, and that can make it an interactive experience for the user is like huge. Cause I, I, like I said, with the prison button, it can be something as, as little and silly as a, as a quick animation. But then if you, if you pair it with also being, you know, beneficial financially, um, which is, you know, something that prison did, I think it, it's huge. And, um, it always made me go back to websites. So I'm excited to hear about it. Oh yeah. yeah does that, do you want to add anything yeah. clean? In terms of what excites uh, you about it from a non-technical yes. perspective, yes. so I have I have this lovely uh, little nugget. Uh, it's kind of I guess a bit of YFD trivia. Uh, if you if you remember it, maybe someday in the future you can redeem something. But uh, you know we have this thing about skateboards, which uh, <laughs> one one time the story goes we this project and uh, we looked at their website and there was nothing there except like the 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 image of a skateboard and then we were like okay what's going on here and then uh we were all just puzzled like is it about skateboards you know and then one of us like clicked on the skateboard and realized that it does a kickflip and then <laughs> we just went wild because we thought the website didn't do anything and then it was just like this kick flipping skateboard uh and ever since then you know we've been pestering ray to code us a skateboard for our website so that's definitely on the you know development roadmap v v five uh you know we're gonna get a community grant for that you know to 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 put up an animated skateboard kickflip and it's gotta do other tricks too uh so yeah and and that should be like seasonal skins um and things like that so yeah let's let's push for on that yeah and let's say y f d had a skateboard shop right that was like a Kickstarter where people could design their skateboards together. And let's say you put in some money to design that skateboard, right? And everybody that paid, uh, put in some funds to design that skateboard got a skateboard when it was done. And let's say eventually you decided that maybe you kind of got tired of that skateboard. You thought you could do better or you wanted to change it up. And you could take that skateboard and uh, put that skateboard on a market for somebody else to decide they'd like to buy for their grandkids or whatever else. Are we are we too vague now? No, no hell yeah. Oh, wait, are we actually talking skateboards here? Or? <laughs> we're we're actually talking alpha now. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. The, I think the skateboard shop, the skate shop. Uh, when you said kickstart and you know skateboard, I I did a little like <laughs> because you know kickflip. But uh, yes, so 
with skateboards and I mean with YFT, sorry, uh, with YFT, you know, we are helping people make their ideas into reality in the sense that you know they're they're before before what we've been building. The only way uh, conceivably is that you have to do kind of like a round of uh, I don't know. You want to get people involved, you need to get developers, you need to get fundraising, whatever, um, on your own. And a lot of the times it's just not possible because you don't have the connections, you don't have the energy, the effort, the, the, the knowledge even, or the experience. And it can be hella intimidating, I can tell you. Uh, so, you know, we did that and then we basically like realized, oh, hey, you know, we can build something that solves this uh, problem. And, and not just say like, solve this problem, but like make the whole thing uh you know something that an individual can do and yeah so uh, i'm not gonna come right out and say it but i'll just say like yeah having let's say an, a great idea for a skateboard or a design for a skateboard and then working with other people to get that like skate brand built up usually is a daunting task and you know you you usually have to be kind of like in physical proximity with these people as well to kind of like meet them determine if you can trust them and so on uh but you know hopefully the stuff that we're building is going to help uh ease that into something that can be done you know with anyone across the world uh and you don't need any kind of like trust you don't need any like middle middleman third party to do the transaction for you uh it'll all be true smart contracts that's kind of the future that we're envisioning here so yeah uh, open up your own skate shop with 5b and i think we should be clear instead of saying what we're building we should just say what we've built it exists now the contracts work that's true we're in the process of releasing it so this isn't like 2024 2023 this is this is now so we're 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 coming out of hiding to start to have these engagements with everyone to because we're we're confident in what we've created, and it's it's past tense created. It's not uh, what yeah. we're building. So it's fucking here. It's here and now. Yeah, I would think of it like uh, when we're talking about skate shops. I would think of it like if Tony Hawk came to YFT and said, "I'm going to build this skateboard," and I'm Tony Hawk. I know what a skateboard needs to do. I know how to make it work. Who wants to crowdsource this skateboard with me? Right. And part of that is you're going to get contribution to the brand. You're going to get uh, residuals from the development of it. I mean, that's really that's really what YFD has done is allowed, I think, people who know what they're doing to be able to step up and say, hey, I can do this. I don't have to build my own platform to do it. And I can use the support of the community to return residuals to the community as well as, uh, you know, promote uh, the ecosystem and the chain that the the vault is being launched on or the skateboard is being sold in. Sorry. Did I, did I slip up? Oh, oh yeah. No, uh, I want, I want this skateboard thing. Now somebody, somebody go and add, uh, at Tony Hawk on Twitter. I'm pretty sure, you know, he'll, he'll see this. I know what he's doing right now, but, uh, he needs to hear that. Like we want, we want to make skateboards with him and right. you know, all the fans are here. Yeah. We'll, we'll work with them. He can, I mean, the code's going to be open source. He can fork it, have the Tony Hawk app chain and, Make skateboards. Right? <laughs> Hell yeah! So Beautiful. maybe, yeah, maybe yeah, I mean, this is really cool. But like, maybe I'm pushing a little bit too far. I know you guys are gonna have your pre-launch announcement, but um, yeah, are there plans to kind of like bootstrap, you know, users' liquidity? Is that is it more gonna be just like, hey, we're throwing our project out here? Um, like, come see how cool it is. Like, when you say, go ahead, Ray, would you, would you mind if I said a little something about this? Cause I, like, this one's so near and dear to something I care a lot. I'll try to be cryptic. To, to yeah. Yeah. Reveal. Whatever. 
<laughs> so I, I care a lot about like how things progress over time. You know, like I think in the DeFi space, a lot of emphasis is put on sort of token generation event. And then that gets uh, labeled as tokenomics and sort of the economics get lost in, you know, the token generation part. So the thing that I love about like where DeFi and, and the entire blockchain space is kind of going uh, and, and what I would say is the next, uh, you know, probably year starting with YFE is thinking more broadly about like how your protocol, how your chain and how the project that you're creating moves forward in time and putting a lot of emphasis and thought around uh, g- gaming that all out in a way that's fairly rigorous. So bringing modeling into ec- economics and into blockchain is, is something that we're planning on doing. So as far as how does this thing evolve in time and how does the token work and how does all the stuff that's involved with YFD sort of play out? We're doing a lot of effort right now to even make sure that that all works correctly and goes how we'd anticipate it by writing a bunch of code that's not smart contract code, but rather modeling code. So this is stuff that happens very traditionally in finance where you do risk modeling or you do economic modeling. And then based on that, you can predict how things might go. And then based on what your findings are, you can make adjustments to either how you're planning on doing it, or you can make adjustments uh, on the fly based on certain types of events that occur. And if this type of modeling had been intensively done for Terra, I would assert that we could have not blown up the way that we did. I think that there wasn't enough risk modeling done. So sort of that's something that... Uh, you know, we're really excited to be bringing to the project and, you know, having be a part of how we're planning on having it launched and then also helping helping it to evolve as uh, as things move forward. Yeah, I mean, it's doing things properly for longevity and the healthy kind of functioning of the community as opposed to the quick buck, honestly. That's how I think about it. Maybe that's not quite that fair to all projects. I mean, there's some that maybe just don't do their due diligence and then there's attack vectors they don't think of and you can't accommodate every situation. But I think the modeling thing is definitely important as well as bringing in the builders, bringing in those that could do more of that. Um, I don't know if we want to talk about any of the sort of auditing stuff, if that gets too alpha you too, but. um, No, I think we can talk about that. Yeah, yeah, we can. Uh, just just before I get in, I just want to say that thing and be like, yeah, we'll basically measure twice, cut once, right? <laughs> and I, yeah, and, and to that point, I want to say that I think we're doing something that every other quote unquote DAO or Dino, DAO name only, should do is they should give their community a roadmap. You have all these founders and visionaries and cults of personality that are just like seat of their pants. This thing, you know. And really, there should be something laid out for the longevity for the community to take it over. And one of our big progressions here is that, you know, we want to we want to give our our community, the community, an economic roadmap. And we also want to give them a technical roadmap. This is where we think the technical side of it should go. And this is where we think the economic side of it may go, you know, and just so that people aren't just left to, like, vote on their impulses like a casino. Yeah, I mean. That all totally makes sense. Like, sounds like grown up DeFi, which I, I'm all about. And like, hey, <laughs> you know, that's fine. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm a big believer and I don't even think every project needs a token. Um, I think, you know, sometimes a token is beneficial for a project. And I also don't always think that airdrops um, are the best thing to do. So 
uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to hearing more about this. I know I'm kind of like pushing the envelope here to get more information out of you guys. That's great. Um, I mean, we have to give appreciation for everybody who's come before us and totally wrecked stuff because it just gives us that much more, you know, data to process and go, oh, well, this can happen if this happens. And I mean, we've seen so much damage in two years that. Hey, we're back. I'm wow, not. that was crazy. Now I, I want to see if Ray can continue the like stream of consciousness that he was right in the middle of before Twitter decided they were crashing the thing. I'll, I'll bet it's the Musk comment. And you just made another one, so that's great. <laughs> uh, I said Tusk, Tusk, Tuscany is a great place with uh, fantastic food and people. Uh, I don't know if anyone else has this problem, uh, but like sometimes I open up Twitter on my phone and then it gives me Telegram instead. I don't know what's up with that. Yeah, I don't know about that one. Let's give it just Ray, one more moment. Yeah, see if, if Ray can actually speak and give it a couple minutes. I think I can speak. Back. Can you hear me? Yeah, I, we can yeah. hear you, Ray. It, weird, Twitter sent my, my audio through the speaker and not through my headset. When I rejoined. Anyway, I, I, that was the end of my thing. Yeah, so I guess uh, that's a great, a great time to start a, a, a new conversation thread. But we, I mentioned it before, but I mean, I think it's important. Like you'd meant Deebs, you'd mentioned uh, airdrops not always being the best way to get people involved with your project. You know, the like spray and pray mentality of just throwing tokens out there. Um, we're definitely diving into that, exploring like what's the best way to get people involved. Part of that is like, how do we incentivize the actual builders, those that want to come and build things to contribute to the protocol? Um, so um, that's something that we're working on, you know, right now. Um, auditing is something that we had mentioned. You know, how do we do a better job? You've seen how many how many hacks were involved with, you know, stuff that was signed off, you know, the, the biggest like exploits signed off by some of the biggest auditors in the space. And it, this isn't like I'm not going to get into anything like, a ne you know, super negative about some of those firms, but it's more just these are difficult problems, you know, that it's hard to anticipate what may happen in the future how can you have a community where you're incentivizing people to come in and to assess things to look over the code you've got this kind of like community of developers maybe i wasn't chosen or i didn't take this job to actually develop this strategy or this vault or this project but you could still you know be very much involved with the community and like making sure that it's secure that no one's going to be taken advantage of like there's tweaks that can be done to make it better like that's all stuff that's going to be built in um to the platform and i mean we're yeah building it right now um and the mechanisms for like what is what do the incentives look like there how do you incentivize people um through yfd to bring them in Yep. Uh, so I have a dumb analogy, and I'm sure like Ray is going to have a better one after this. But uh, I think it kind of feels like you have, uh, you know, a, uh, in a public space, like a, a closet door or something, and it says like fire extinguisher inside, and then, but the door is locked. So how do you know there's a fire extinguisher inside? Uh, and like, usually what happens is that you get someone to inspect it and then put a sign there that says, oh, inspected by so-and-so, that there is a fire extinguisher inside. 
But what's better is that you just make you just make the door see through, and people can walk by and see that there's a fire extinguisher inside. This is what we're trying to get at. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, that's trustless right there, right? Yeah, and I, I think from a more technical perspective, with that same thing is like if if the people who might use the fire extinguisher, if they were busy, I, I'm not even going to use the fire extinguisher analogy. We'll just move outside. <laughs> um, but if you're developing one of the vaults and you're, we're going to have a pool of developers from different talent pools, different groups, different individuals. And if you're not actively developing a vault proposal, you may actually be able to uh, uh, work in auditing the vault proposal. And another thing that uh, YFT is working with our open source initiatives is actually having this vault code be a library for the developers to use. So we should have a lot of pre-audited or auditable uh, vault code. Um, and as the library grows, it should increase the efficiency and consistency of the standards of the development of the vault. Yeah, that that's really cool. It, you know what it's reminding me of is... Um kind of the engagement piece here is it's reminding me of metrics DAO, which someone someone sent me a paper a while back and i read it and one of the things i really liked about it was they kind of had like a three-tier model they and i'm i'm gonna butcher what the actual names for it were but it was basically like question or proposal you know when someone posts a question that they're having because they're an analytics type DAO, they answer like analytical technical analysis types questions so you put up a question or proposal um and then there's a tier that actually does the answers so they they answer the question and then you have like a peer review uh panel so it's kind of like what question answer analysis or review um and then each level like so regardless like maybe you're not someone that's very like technically gifted knows how to code but you've got a lot of great ideas you would benefit some sort of metrics DAO token for being someone that puts up um a proposal or a question that people find really insightful and they could engage with it. And based off of that, I think they, you would get rewarded in some way. So kind of having those different levels for different kinds of people uh, for engagement, I think is really great. And it kind of sounds like that's something similar to what you're doing. Yeah, I would say that um, to a degree, that's what we're doing. We're, we can talk about crucibles, um, which I think more focus in, in that aspect. And then uh, the bounty board and some of the gig economy that we're building for our community. Uh, but from a technical aspect, I think what having the developers who aren't actively developing actually end up doing the auditing and they're not related to each other in terms of their, you know, commingling in the same team or project or paycheck. It allows us to know that there's a level of expertise that gets involved because having the community approve audits or reviews of technical aspects, I mean, they just maybe don't have the technical expertise to do that. Yeah, that I mean, that totally makes sense. I, the, the, so yeah, I, I totally get that part. But from yeah. your idea standpoint, yeah, I mean, I think our crucibles. Do you want to talk about that clean or crash? Or? I was I was just gonna say the mixed out looks pretty cool. I pulled it up while you were talking about. It. I hadn't seen that, so I'm definitely gonna take a take another look there. Um, we not only have we, you know we're standing on the shoulders of giants as far as you know ideas like no one has you know exclusivity on great ideas so if there's something someone's doing that makes a lot of sense and is really cool we'll definitely take a look at that and we've also been partnering with people too like i mean that's what it's all about like no no reason to reinvent the wheel here if um there's strong partners that can 
you know, help to realize some of the functionality in our roadmaps. Yes, sir. Uh, I don't have too much to add because that's pretty much exactly uh, what we're building. <laughs> but yeah, the crucibles is an important thing. We could talk a bit about that, but at, at the core, almost of our culture and our community is our crucible groups. Um, they're the working groups of the DAO. Think of um, you know, kind of sub DAOs. I don't know if you're familiar with Orca Protocol called Metropolis now. Um, not necessarily you know, in function, like uh, how, how they're implemented, but just the, just the layman's idea and, and Ray can smack me down and start talking technical if uh, he wants to. But the thought of like, you've got these subgroups of um, different community members, builders that have been brought on and they're, you know, responsible for different aspects. It's just a decentralized group responsible for aspects of the community's development, the protocol's development, um, making sure that, you know, you, you've got this whole process that we have built to launch vaults, launch projects. And then these would be kind of the stewards of our protocol going forward of, you know, different aspects of the community and can evolve as the community sees fit um, over time and can incorporate new things that we're not even aware of right now that could be a need. Um so it's very flexible and it's very, you know, kind of elevating some of those builders to the status of like, okay, now you're, you're in, you know, helping to secure the future of this whole, um, this whole endeavor. So it's pretty cool. Well, we're coming out to around, I think, cumulative an hour of our space. I'm not sure how long we're going to run this, but uh, yeah, if anyone in the audience wants to, you know, come up with some questions or you want to, Say, say your piece or you know whichever it is i think we're keeping it pretty casual tonight uh yeah you just might, hit us up you might want to ask Sorry? twitter if they're if we're coming up to the end of our time i'll cut us off oh yeah hey uh you know twitter cia agent or whoever yeah <laughs> like, the, the only other thing i mentioned it a few times we are, are going to have a bounty board that's going to be up and running in the next week or two um with some initial bounties it's going to be our way to get you know start getting the attention of you know casting a wide net for builders that would be interested in using our platform it's all about like getting those with great ideas access to you know through what we've built access to you know other great builders to um you know people to bounce their ideas off of in the community and the funding you know and then it has that whole like transparent way of making sure that you know things go smoothly that milestones are met and people people get paid and things launch. So um, it's re really cool. I mean, I really see it as honestly, the it's the it's the realization of when I first heard of Ethereum and smart contracts and what they were supposed to be able to do. Um, I think it's getting us closer and closer to the full realization of what you can do there. Yeah, I think in those aspects, we will have a um, some more alpha. We will have a 100% on-chain governance system where the governance actions, this, there's no snapshot um, of, with a third party outside website or utility. It's all done on chain in our own contracts and essentially allows the system to operate, you know, with just the blockchain and not having to re rely on third party party tools. Um, yeah, I think it's a, I think we're really moving forward with, with getting stuff going and decentralized. 
and, and spreading out the responsibilities by using the crucibles and the bounty boards. Hell yeah. Something to look forward to, uh, you know, for everyone here and, you know, those who are going to listen from the recording, I guess. Uh, we are going to have those bounty boards up and, you know, basically you can earn tokens or you can earn, like, I don't know what we're going to be paying out. But uh, you can, yeah, you can come in and as your first engagement, basically do tasks and receive tokens. That's a great way to get started and to start learning about Y Foundry. Uh, we'd love to have you guys in our community. We'd love to have as many builders as possible and everyone who's not being, even if you're not a builder, you know, just come and join the conversation, uh, be part of the community. I think this is what we really, really love about uh, Web3 is that you can get to know some really cool people and you know possibly work with them. Yeah, and when we talk builders, it's not limited to developers. I mean, anyone with skills, um, your graphic design, art, um, just web front-end web design, UI, UX. I mean, those are all things that we're going to need or maybe even things that you, know, you may not think are completely relevant. Um, I come from an educational background um, and, you know, could be interesting insights to bring to the protocol that we need. Um, it's all about that different decentralized, different viewpoints and, you know, making us stronger as a whole because of it. Yeah, and if you can do copywriting, if you can draw circles real good, you know, any any kind of skill at all, we'd love to have you. Go right. I was going to say, I think one thing, since we're just out here riffing about this protocol and some alpha and the launch, I think the a piece that's going to be really interesting to see is because the the product, if we want to call it the product, from a consumer, from a from an outside perspective, because the product is funded by the community, it's not funded by the Dow Treasury. Like a, a somebody will present a vault idea, a strategist. We've talked about this, so I don't believe I'm leaking anything here. And then that's funded by the community itself. It'll be interesting to see like the efficiency of the ideas because the, the ideas aren't going to be run through a central party in the sense that it's a core team. So the utility for the platform will come from the token holders and from the, the participants in the, in the governance. Yeah. I, I'm very interested to see from a social ex experiment perspective. Um, you you can think you can predict what will happen, but I think the community is going to take it in really interesting directions. Um, and sometimes a little bit less efficiency is probably better to make sure things are done right um, and make sure that you get, you know, more innovative, unique sort of ideas um, in there, right? Yeah, the DAO's goal will be to just maintain the infrastructure and to build out the utility for the underlying uh, interaction for these vault proposals and other proposals. But the community itself will drive the content of the proposals. So yeah, I mean, it'd be like if we made WordPress, right? But we're not deciding what the topics of the articles are. The community is actually, you know, determining that on their own. Self-deterministic community. I'm not sure how much of that actually exists in Web3 at this point. Yeah, we build the pool, you, you run the, the pool party, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, All right, let us well, know if you, anyone has any final questions. Um, otherwise, we will call it. Come on, Debs. You don't want any more alpha. I mean, what else you got to give me here? <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think of some questions. I don't got any more. Okay. Well, some questions before though. All right. We'll see you in next yep. one. we're going to be hosting uh, these spaces 
a bit more regularly talking about different topics and, you know, providing some updates here and there. So thanks everybody for joining. It's been great. Thanks for your time, everybody. Thanks for checking out another episode of the ether. That was the Y foundry Dow hosting a discussion on organic community growth and engagement recorded on Sunday, September 11th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. They say rapping is the gateway, bringing home great pay, checking that replay, sing along and we say nobody gives a fuck around my way. I make about three bucks for every thousand plays, so add it up and do the math on that. Financially speaking, why the fuck would anybody want to rap? But in this reality, the money comes from doing shows, but then where's the money go when you can't do the shows? I guess you could rap on Cameo. I've been asking all my friends if I can rap on the patio. Six feet, motherfucker, step the fuck back. Doing a little magic, pulling rabbits out the rucksack. Not everybody's always in it for the money. Looking like another crooked Sunday and I'm working Monday. So you know I ain't stressing, left debating great methods. Amazed to play Inception, the base state blessed. See, even with these huge sums of overall royalties, these sums of money that go to the record label per playback can seem insultingly small. Many rights holders are making around three quarters of a cent each time someone listens to one of their tracks, leaving only some portion of that for the actual how to turn a profit, their future will always be in question. But, for now, investors see enough potential to continue to fund pennies, 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 Another day, another lesson, living in the eighth dimension, might be worth a little mention, living in the Great Depression, got a real regal feel, reeling in another sucker fish, out to make a deal, just to make a motherfucker wish. Aw, shit, now you only got two left. You know what I wish? We didn't have any loose ends. You know what I miss? Listening to excuses. Now we're on the fence, like we forgot how to choose. That's what happens when people don't know what's true In the dark eating bullshit up like a mushroom In the lunchroom just trying to laugh it off Meanwhile foaming at the mouth like a rabid dog Like a fake mate and call at the zoo It's looking like the view is getting disappointed too I'm working on the new shit, trying to produce it It's what I'm willing to go through when I'm making my music